Welcome to Know Your Risk Radio on 97.3 Cairo FM and AM 770 KTTH. Know Your Risk Radio is hosted by Zach Abraham, Chief Investment Officer at Bulwark Capital. Whether it's preservation of capital or an aggressive growth strategy, every investor needs a clearly defined risk profile. Know Your Risk Radio is brought to you by Bulwark Capital, helping families navigate the ever-changing and often volatile markets. Know Your Risk Radio starts now. Here's your host, Zach Abraham. And we are back. Thank you so much for joining us for another of the most scintillating hours in finance. For those of you that are new, especially in the Phoenix market, we say that very tongue-in-cheek because, as I mention all the time, it's a one-horse race, which is the case. There's not a a lot of fun. Well, outside of the infomercials. And, uh, you know, it kind of reminds me, for again, for my Seattle people, the OGs, of Know Your Risk Radio, uh, the Seattle folks, Portland folks, you've heard this all before, but I, I realized that I hadn't really kind of given a primer to our, to our Phoenix audience. And hopefully this show sounds a little bit different to you than so many of the other financial shows out there because we had absolutely de- zero desire to do that. Uh, I don't, you know, I think the only thing worse than listening to an infomercial is hosting one. Um, you know, so our idea about six years ago was, hey, we want to do a show where, we get on there, we interview other money managers, we talk about things that are happening in markets, we talk about uh, risk management, we talk about, you know, make it educational as well as informative, and um, people warned us not to do that, that format won't work, enough people won't want to be your clients, blah, 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 and we just said, hey, if it doesn't work, then it doesn't work, but I, I just don't, the world needs another infomercial, like, we need a hole in our head, right? Um, so, <laughs> and luckily enough for us, um, through a bit of God's grace and good luck, um, you guys have been receptive to it. So um, thank you. And um, that's, that's, that's how we do things. So without further ado, let's get into it. Market update, lot to cover. Like I said, I've been out of town now for the last two weeks, been keeping my eye on things. And what you've got going on right now is another rotational thing. I think you've got the fear of the lockdowns right now happening in Austria, uh, in Germany as well. Um, I was talking to Chase Taylor. Many of you guys know him, Pinecone Macro Research. He is our external lead macro analyst. Um, Not only do we subscribe to him, but we pay him on retainer. And I was having a conversation with him this morning, and he said that, Zach, actually the numbers um, in Austria and Germany – this looks like the worst wave they've had so far. So at this point, you know, again, you guys know my thoughts on COVID. I think it's something that we got to be careful with, make sure it doesn't overrun the medical establishment or, you know, the medical institutions and things like that. That's been the big fear from the very beginning. Despite all of the fear and trepidation that's promoted out there. And, you know, it's like so many things, right? I feel like the truth gets lost in the noise. Is this something you got to be careful about? Yeah. Is it the bubonic plague? No. But but to be fair, I, I don't think it's, you know, just, you know, hysterical overreaction coming out of Europe. The numbers don't look good, especially as it relates to, to, the, to the waves we've seen in the past. Why is that important? Because one of the things that we thought about, and you guys know where we're at on the small cap value stuff, mid cap value even, but more importantly on the energy stuff, um, you know, more lockdowns in Europe could certainly impact that energy, that energy outlook. Um, it, it really is not going to change a lot of how we see things, because like I've said so many times before on this show, I, I, I don't just see an incredible opportunity for energy in the next six months. Um, I keep hearing people call it uninvestable, which, you know, guys, I don't want to sound arrogant. And, and I've said this before. If you're listening to this show because you think I have all the numbers or I have all the facts, I've got a secret way. I'm the one guy that, I, yeah, if you think we're magic, I'll just put you on a phone call with my wife for 20 minutes and she'll dispel you of any of that. So I, I, that's not the case. We don't know what's going to happen energy the next six months. Like I've said to you, I, I, what is so compelling to me about these things right now? is that the long-term valuations, if we get outside of the world of what happened today, what went up the most today, where's the next Tesla? And I think all of us in our psyche, even if your portfolio is buying into that, I understand why. You're chasing. They say anecdotally in investing, the toughest thing to do in investing is sit and watch your neighbor get rich. Um, 
but I just keep going back to, it's not just what we think is going to happen in the next six months. It's the world needs these things, regardless of what you or I or anybody else thinks about it. And we're treating and pricing these things and these assets as if they're going away tomorrow. They're not. Now, that doesn't mean that they're going to outperform the S&P over the next six months. As a matter of fact, while I was gone, I saw our value portfolio gave up about 2% from where I left. S&P gained about one and a half. That gap between us closed. Now, we're still outperforming them about 12% on the year. But, you know, at one point, not that long ago, we were up 27% on them on the year. Right? Do I like watching us close that gap? No. I remember actually a, a conversation I had with my other portfolio manager that runs our algorithmic portfolio. This is about, this was at the end of February. At the end of February, our value portfolio was already up 32% on the year. And I said, you know, half of me is tempted to just stick it in the S&P 500 and memorialize that gain. And he and I talked about it back and forth. And the thing I came back to was I, I acknowledged him. I go, look, over the next six to nine months, that could be the best choice. That could be the best performance move. But what are we doing? Right? We're trying to build a portfolio that's going to finance the rest of your life. We've got to have the discipline to look five to seven years out. And these stories coming out of Austria and Germany, they don't surprise me at all. But they, too, they, they do put some risk. Now, I think the market's massively overreacting to that risk. And I don't think it's really taking into account the short supplies that you've got in energy markets around the world. Here's the other thing. I don't think those lockdowns make a bit of difference on the nat gas side, right? The supply chains are too bad. When we have lockdowns again, it's going to be more, it's not going to be on the industrial side. The, the supply chains are already too ruined. And we know more. You're not going to see these draconian universal lockdowns, in my opinion. And there's some really good data that we were looking at that was suggesting that nat gas demand could improve, go up if we had additional lockdowns. So the coal thing to me is a little bit more dicey because China has exerted a lot of uh, um, a lot of control over that coal. This is not an investment recommendation, but you guys have heard me talk about some of the coal plays we've been involved in. I've exited those positions because I think the risk reward, and it's not because I don't think coal prices will be good for a while and not that these companies are going to make a lot more money. It's that I just see a lot more resistance on the coal side because it is the dirtiest of all energies. I think it's got the most, you know, negative energy built up against it. I think it's got the most headwinds. Also, China has an unbelievable ability to domestically produce a ton of coal, which they're doing right now, and instituting price controls on it, which is having a big impact on coal stocks and coal prices here in the United States and the rest of the world. Um, but I mean, the story behind Nagas is just as strong as ever, and the valuations of the underlying companies haven't changed at all. So what I will tell you, though, is that one of the levels, and I think I've, I've said this before, on the energy side of it is XOP. That, that line we had in the sand, XOP is that big ETF that tracks pretty much the entire energy sector. XOP is bumping a rider up against that support level in 99. So what we will do, regardless of our long-term outlook, is if we get a substantial close below 99, we will pull back on some of that risk. Now, what I mean by that is we will trim some of those energy positions, and it's not because, not because we don't think they're any good, but if I trim those positions, it allows me to buy more if they go down. And I know that 99 is such a defined line that if we break back above it, it's probably off and running. Whenever I have these discussions, people go, why are you telling people how you manage portfolios? They could do it on their own. Well, I, yeah, maybe they could, but I just want to be transparent with how we do things, you know, so you guys know the thought process. The other thing is I think that when you're doing a show like this, you need to make some statements like that. You need to tell people what you're thinking and what you're looking at so they can decide if you actually know what you're doing. And they're like, oh, don't tell them to buy this or buy that, right? Well, how, how else do you know if we're, you know, how, do you, how, how would you know what we're doing? If we, if we know what we're doing, you wouldn't, right? There's no credibility there. So I'm just telling you that's one of the ways that we manage risk, especially when I'm investing in something like energy that has so much animus built up against it, right? I'm hearing people still call it uninvestable, which makes my ears, you know, perk up. Because when I hear people refer to a whole sector, I mean, think about that. Think, think about the energy needs of the globe and to sit there and arbitrarily say energy is uninvestable. 
right? One of the few things that every person in the world has to purchase, right? It's uninvestable. I mean, okay. But I, maybe, you're, maybe you're projecting that people won't need to turn on their lights or their heat this winter. I, I'm going to take the other side of that trade every single time, but I'm going to do it especially when I'm looking at the prices and valuations of these things as cheap as they are. It's just, it's just ridiculous. Um, so anyway, so we want to, we want to look at, we got to keep our eyes on what's going on in there in the, in the nag gas and energy markets. I will just tell you though, keep an eye on XOP. Like I've said from the very beginning, if we get a close below that, I'm not saying to jettison your positions. I'm just saying to be careful. And, and, and I told you guys a story. I was talking to a client of ours and I said, look, he was asking Zach, what do you think the market risk is? And I go, look, I, I think that we have to look at risk in two different ways. There is risk as it relates to the amount of movement that the securities we currently hold, right? Meaning, could our portfolio down 20% theoretically in the next six months? You know, then you've got to look at it as financial risk, meaning, do I think the things that we own are not going to be good investments over the long run? Those are very two very different questions. And you want to know what I'm talking about? Let's go back to the spring, you know, January of 2001, or is it 2000, right? The very peak of the tech bubble. If we wanted to invest in value and if we wanted to invest in commodities back then, that was considered very risky over the short term, right? Because those things were getting pounded. Nobody wanted to buy them. Investing in all these crazy tech startups, that wasn't considered risky. Okay, now extrapolate that out for the next seven years. All the stuff and value and commodities went through the bloody roof. It ended up being the beginning of a commodity super, commodity super cycle, right? And then the NASDAQ fell 85% top to bottom. But I think that's the situation we're in. Is there a lot of risk? Yeah, I think owning the right things here is going to feel bad at times. It's going to be scary at times. Where owning all the wrong things, I think, feels good. The problem is, is that's going to switch. And it's going to switch quick. And it already has to a large degree this year, which is why our value portfolio is outperforming the market by 12%. But anyway, I think we've got to be very careful how we define risk. Now, anyway, I've overrun the runway, which, shocker, uh, gone over my time here for the first segment. So we're going to tie things up really quick. I'm going to come back and finish the rest of this extended market update because I've been gone for two weeks. We had a lot to talk about. So stick with us through the break. Um, oh, as always, too, we've got our virtual roadshow coming up, especially for the people in Phoenix. If you're listening to the show and you want a no commitment way to see our process, see the performance of our portfolios, how we lower your fees, lower your risk exposure, and actually drastically improve the upside potential of your portfolio. Listen to what I'm saying. Lower risk, higher returns, potentially higher returns. Can't promise that, obviously. And lower fees, if that interests you, would you like more for your money? Would you like more money? I think it probably should interest you. But one of the easiest ways to do that, guys, is go to bulwarkcapitalmanagement.com and sign up for our virtual roadshow, which is coming up December 2nd at 3 p.m. Um, free, no cost. We do a 30 minute condensed presentation of everything we do, how we do it, how we manage risk, performance of the portfolios, pricing. We do a 30 minute Q and a, where we can talk about anything you want to geopolitics, stocks, all that kind of stuff. And then we send you on your way. If you want to go into it deeper and talk to me or one of our advisors, you can do that. Anyway, go to bulwarkcapitalmanagement.com or give us a call for a portfolio review now, 866-779-RISK and 866-779-RISK. Got to run. Stick with us through the break. You're listening to Know Your Risk Radio podcast. Download and subscribe at knowyourriskradio.com. This is Know Your Risk Radio with Zach Abraham. Listen to Zach discuss key investment strategies across several asset classes, not just stocks and bonds. Get your free copy of Zach's new booklet, Common Sense Investing. Go to knowyourriskradio.com. How do you know your finances and investments right now in today's economy are positioned for a successful retirement? Well, join me at Zach Abraham's Know Your Risk Virtual Roadshow Thursday, December 2nd, right after my show. Zach, I'm excited to be there. Dory, we've taken Bulwark's entire investment and retirement planning process, the same one you and Suzanne went through, and we've condensed it down into a 30-minute class. We'll answer all the big questions. Do you need estate planning? Long-term care? When should you take Social Security? How much money do you need to retire? And we're also going to show everyone who attends how to protect their portfolio against loss while still growing their assets. Join me at the Know Your Risk Virtual Roadshow with Zach Abraham, Thursday, December 2nd, right after my show at 3. Sign up now at knowyourriskradio.com, and you'll get a free copy of Zach's booklet, Common Sense Investing. Space is limited for this free live webinar. Reserve now at knowyourriskradio.com. 
Investment advice can't be given without client service agreement with the firm's stock business. Brook Capital's DBA of Clear Creek Financial Management, registered investment advisor. You're listening to Know Your Risk Radio with Zach Abraham, Chief Investment Officer at Bulwark Capital Management. And we are back. Thank you for sticking with us through the break. So let's just jump right back into it. Uh, tying up the market update, and I got a lot of other stuff I want to get to. See, this is the problem. One hour show, gone two weeks, and I'm trying to stack two weeks of stuff in here. Anyway, we're going to get to it. So uh, anyway, and this, guys, this mimics, this is something that we've been prepared for. And one of the, and I'll just kind of tell you, I'm not saying to stick with it because it's what I'm, what I've, what we've been talking about, where we think the opportunity is. I'm not saying to stick with it because I think we're wrong again, or, or excuse me, because I don't want to admit we're wrong. Like I've been telling you guys, this XOP is a line in the sand for me. Now, I want to see it close below that 99 level for multiple days. We're not going to panic if it's at 98 and blow out of all, all of our stuff. But I just think in this market that is so driven by algorithms and so driven by retail money that isn't paying attention to any type of fundamental valuation of any kind, you've got to be conscious of those things. And people are like, oh, because you don't want to lose money. And you go, yeah, but also when when I'm investing in things in a market that is this irrational, that is this overvalued, where I am running to literally the cheapest sector and I'm ignoring the most expensive, you have to do that knowing that there's a giant disconnect. And, and observing the disconnect and knowing when that disconnect is going to reconnect, those are two different things. Nobody, nobody knows the timing. right? But that's not what investing is. You know what you call, if you have an investment mindset and your investment horizon is a very small determined period of time where that is you, where you will, de- you will define the success or the failure of that investment approach over a very short defined period. You know what you call that? It's called gambling, right? People do it in the casino every single day. Did you have a good or bad day? In the, oh, it was horrible. You know, you never hear those people talk to you about the ROI of their gambling habit over the last 24 months, right? Nobody talks about that. So you get into a market now, this is just a gambler's market. And I'm not saying there isn't money to be made. I'm not saying markets will go up. You guys know what I've been saying. I I think the path of least resistance right now for markets is up. I just think that the valuation imbalances have gotten so big that people are buying things for completely non-financial reasons. It's almost like be a part of a club. And there's very little risk management going on. Why do we buy this? Because it's going to a million. Right? Listen to the people in crypto. Why are we buying crypto? Crypto fixes all the... Right? It's, It's all anecdotal. And then you flip over and look at a sector like energy and materials where it's so bloody cheap and, 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 and one of the advisors in my office brought up a really good point about this. He goes, you know, sometimes, Zach, I think when you're talking about how cheap these stocks are, I, I don't think people really understand it. You know, maybe it's a vernacular. Maybe it's the word you're using. Maybe it's just something getting lost in translation. But when we sit there and talk about, and I, I want you to kind of picture this in your head if you can, even if you're in the car right now, just kind of bear with me. When we talk about a company having a clean balance sheet, meaning they don't own a bunch of debt, Right. And you buy them for, you know, a billion dollars. And they're producing three to $400 million of free cash flow. What does that mean? Okay, so the value opportunity that we're discussing, if we, if we put it in real estate terms, which I think everybody would be able to understand that a little bit more readily, it would be like buying a house for a million dollars that you could rent out for 350 grand a year. Right? Who doesn't want that? When you got a stock that you're generating three to $400 million of free cash flow with no net debt on the balance sheet and a billion dollar market cap, that's what we're talking about. An asset that costs a billion dollars that is producing three to $400 million of profit a year. That's why I've been telling our clients, get ready for these drops in the prices of these things. Get ready for the volatility because it's going to come. And they're like, well, why would there be volatility if it's so cheap? Because it's cheap because everybody hates it. And that's the thing that people don't understand about value investing. Well, buy low, sell high. 
And then when things get really low, you look at them go, now it's time. They're like, oh, that's garbage. And you go, well, that's the point, right? We want to buy the worst house on the nicest street. And it's tough to do. But when things get where they're at now, and I thought about this a lot while I was on the cruise, because it's hard, you guys. It's hard to take this approach sometimes because sometimes it means like it's meant for the last six months for us in the value portfolio. I was totally conscious of the fact that this big lead we had on the market, if I stuck, if I, if I held the course and I stuck to with what I knew was going to work the best over the long run, that we ran a really good likelihood of giving up some of that outperformance. And in this business, that's what you're known by. But I just think that we're at those inflection point times where the madness is so big, where so many of these valuations are so completely untethered from anything real. You almost have to take short-term performance out of your mind when looking at these things. And in my opinion, and I'm not going to tell you which stock or which company because nobody knows. But you get to a point where you go, you know, I almost hope it goes down more. Because I'm just buying more free cash flow. And that's why we prepared our clients for this, saying, hey, guys, we really believe in this for the long term. We think it's going to make a boon. But we have no idea what the payoff time is going to be. Could be six months. Could be three. Maybe it takes a year. I I just look at my job as a fiduciary and, and the steward of other people's money. And when I see the opportunity for our clients to get involved in companies like this that are well run, that have unbelievable, right? That's investing. I'm buying a stream of income for a fraction of what it should pay. Meanwhile, all these other people are stumbling over themselves to buy companies at record high valuations whose free cash flow is like 0.9% of their market cap. If these were houses, nobody would be, nobody would be in disagreement. Nobody. But we pull up a stock with an ugly chart and everybody freaks out, right? So I, again, not telling you to load up. That's why I brought up that XOP thing. I think we got to be careful. XOP now just broke 99. We're at 98, 98 in real time, 1142 right now in the trading session. And this is, and for those of you that were all fired up about the oil and that gas play, I am too. You guys know my thoughts. Why do we watch these levels? Just because things like this happen. And we've got to limit risk. I believe in this stuff, but our clients are not going to take a 50% bath in these names. Can't happen. That's not risk management. But I also want to be in a position to where if they do take another 20 or 30% header from here, we've got capital to buy more. We can repeat what we did last March. When we were only down 11, market was down 36, and we went in there and bought Bed Bath & Beyond and Phillips and all these things that have made us so much money this year. So anyway, ran out of time again. We got to close this up on this segment. Um, coming back, we're going to talk about some of the horrible investment mistakes I've seen people making recently. And I'm going to get into some pretty good detail about that kind of stuff. So you won't want to miss this. I know a lot of you guys probably have this stuff in your portfolios. So it is going to be personally applicable to you. You don't want to miss it. Make a big impact on your long-term retirement. Anyway, as always, give us a call, 866-779-RISK and 866-779-RISK. Go to the radio show website. Sign up for the uh, seminar, the virtual roadshow that's coming up on December 2nd at 3. Got to take a quick break. We'll be right back. This is Know Your Risk Radio. Download and subscribe from knowyourriskradio.com. This is Know Your Risk Radio with Zach Abraham. Listen to Zach uncover the truth about the financial markets with simple and honest advice to help you plan for retirement. Get your free copy of Zach's new booklet, Common Sense Investing. Go to knowyourriskradio.com. How do you know your finances and investments right now in this economy are positioned for a successful retirement? Well, you can join me at Zach Abraham's Know Your Risk Virtual Roadshow Thursday, December 2nd, right after my show. And Zach, now's the time for everyone to take a hard look at their investment strategy. Dory, there could not be a more prescient time. I'll answer all the big questions on investors' minds because I can promise you if you're incorporating some of the long-running investment strategies in today's markets, like a basic 60-40 stock bond portfolio, you're taking a serious gamble, and now is not the time to be gambling your retirement. 
Learn all about Zach's retirement planning and investment strategies at his Know Your Risk virtual roadshow Thursday, December 2nd. I'll be there, too, right after my show at 3. Space is limited for this free live webinar. Make your reservation now at knowyourriskradio.com. That's knowyourriskradio.com. Investment advice cannot be given without a client service agreement where the firm is licensed to direct business. Borough Capital's DBA of Clerk Creek Financial Management, a registered investment advisor. You're listening to Know Your Risk Radio with Zach Abraham, Chief Investment Officer at Bulwark Capital Management. And we are back. I'm not going to hit on this too long. And part of that is to not overbore our existing or the, or the, or the older audiences, Seattle and Portland. But while I was gone on vacation, it was, it, there, there was a work aspect to it. I won't bore you guys with that, but I, I was able to speak to some guys. In the industry, naturally, the use now just stick with me down there in Phoenix. Just bear with me here. Down the, the the topic always switches to when they find out or if they know that we use our bond replacement strategy. And for those that you don't know, we we call it the dirtiest word in investing: an annuity. Right, that horrible word. Um, and and everybody wants to know why. And I was sitting in a group of guys, there's about five of us around there, like, you know, how do you justify that? And I, I turned to them and I looked and I said, so do you guys still have clients in bonds? They were like, yeah. And I go, why don't you tell me how you justify that? And they kind of gave me a weird look. And I go, look, I'm not trying to be confrontational or say that you're, you're an idiot. Or even say that you're lapsing your fiduciary duty. Now, I happen to think that's the case, but not because they're bad guys. It's because they're doing what everybody tells them to do. It's what the norm should be, right? Do the norm. And the problem I have with doing the norm is what is normal about this environment? I mean, let's just point out this. I'm looking at a 10-year U.S. government treasury paying 1.53% while we're running 5.8% inflation. We've got 150% debt to GDP. We've got a stock market that's trading at what, 220 times GDP or something like that? On, on a market cap to sales or market cap to GDP basis, what we call the Warren Buffett indicator. Buffett's indicator, for those of you in Phoenix, if you don't know this, Buffett says his va- favorite valuation metric. Now, it's not perfect like any other valuation metric because there's ways that companies can distort that, right? There is no perfect valuation metric, but I thought Warren... Uncle Warren, and again, we're not talking politics, not saying I agree with it, not saying I disagree with the guy's politics, just that the guy's good at making money. I think we can all agree on that, right? And Buffett's always said that his favorite valuation metric was market cap to GDP. And if you ask him why, he had some pretty basic logic, which you'd expect out of the Oracle from Omaha, right? He said, well, when a Company's stock market gets too much bigger than their economy. You know, there's a lot of fluff. To put it in perspective, now the world has changed to some degree. And again, I don't want to throw this out as an alarmist number because I think this is different. Companies are more international now. But but I think I do think it provides somewhat of a you know indicator of how nuts this environment really is. I mean, another one, Rivian, right? So Rivian, a lot of people probably think that's a great stock. Uh Rivian's never sold a car. They got a promising product. They got Amazon as, a, as, a, as an investor in the company. But Rivian's sitting at, what, $130 billion? It's currently worth more than Citigroup. It's never made a dime. It's worth almost two Fords. I don't think we've ever seen overvaluation mega cap stocks like we... I mean, this is just Unbelievable. Where people literally, the only way you could buy this garbage, and I'm going to call it garbage. I'm not saying the companies are bad. I'm saying if you buy the best company in the world at a ridiculous valuation, it's going to be an awful investment. And for those of you that don't know what I'm talking about, go talk to people that held Microsoft and Amazon for the 14-year period of time from 2000 to 2014. People are like, oh, it worked out good now. Guys, if you're retired in 2000 and you got to sit on losers like that for 14 years, that's like 65% of the duration of your retirement. You can't, you can't have a bad 65% run in your retirement. 
And so how do you avoid that? By not overpaying for things. So anyway, getting back to how bizarre this environment is, and these guys ask me why we use the annuity instead, and I go, it's really simple. What do you guys charge your clients in fees? Average answer was 1% to 1.2%. I go, okay, do you guys use mutual funds? 90% of them said yes. I go, okay, what are the bond funds you are currently got your clients? What are they yielding? Oh, we got a great one. It's 2.6, 2.8, 2.9, 3, one of them said. I go, okay, what's your client's net return after they pay the fees? They're like 1.5%. And I go, okay, so 50% of the production of that asset is being paid out in fees to you? And that asset is going to lose value as interest rates go up. And oh, by the way, we haven't really talked about the fact that interest rates are the lowest that they've been at in 4,000 years of recorded human history. You think that's a good idea? You're, you're going to put somebody in an investment that is going to make them at best one third of the inflation rate and that will lose money as interest rates go up. In the lowest interest rate environment in human history? You think that's a good idea? They go, well, you know, the other thing about bonds, Zach, is they go up when stocks go down. Oh, do they? How did your bond funds do last March? Well, they were only down 12, 20%. And I go, that's six years of yield, man. In a five-week period of time, your bond portfolio gave up like six to 10 years of yield. Well, it bounced right back. Great. So now you're back to making one and a half percent a year. Okay. Meanwhile, we're using our bond replacement strategy, which is a combination of a very liquid, one of the oldest, highest quality REITs in the world that's currently paying an 8.1 distribution. That's the income. It can fluctuate at times. So I'm not promising. There's not a promise of an 8.1% return. It bears some risk, but it's been very, very smooth performing. And we use that annuity. Everybody gets the REIT part. Why do we use the annuity? Because it's averaged 5 to 6% a year over the last 50 years. Our clients have averaged more like 6 to 65 since we started using them in 2012. But it does it with a principal loss against risk. You cannot lose money. And it has no fee. Right, It's not the sexiest thing in the world to talk about it. As a matter of fact, when I start having this conversation on the radio, I fully expect people to turn the radio off. I expect people to send us emails saying, this is why annuities are bad. Here's the deal. You know what they always send me? They always send me a podcast and stuff of different guys. A lot of them I've already had these debates with in public. And again, I don't mean this is arrogant. I just mean we blew them out of the water because they didn't have... they. They just, all they had was annuities are bad. You know what it reminds me a lot of? It reminds me a lot of the early 80s. Go back to the early 80s and see if you could sell a bond fund. That's when they started calling bonds certificates of confiscation. Why? Because people were investing in in them in 1968 with a Fed funds rate that was about 2.5%. And by the time they got to 85, the Fed funds rate was 16%. You had bond funds with 60% losses in them. You couldn't sell a bond to anybody. Nobody would pay attention to it. But what did they take their eyes off of? They took their eyes off of the fact that it doesn't matter what you think. You, you had the opportunity to buy a 30-year U.S. government treasury in 1985 paying 14% a year. Guaranteed. They're like, well, the federal government, you know, the reason their interest rates are so high is nobody trusts the dollar and, and the thing's going to collapse. And I'm sitting there going, okay, so you think that the government's going to collapse, so you're investing in our stock market as opposed to our bond market? If the U.S. government bond collapses, there is no stock market. So when did everybody start buying bonds again? After the 30-year was paying like 6 or 7%. And everybody made all the money, right? After everybody learned, oh, the water, they're doing the same thing with annuities right now because the situation we've got playing out today, bonds versus the annuities that we're using. Now, when I say annuities, are there bad ones? God, there's horrible ones out there, guys. And I, I talk about variable annuities all the time. They're horrible. If you've got a variable annuity, you need to get out of it unless it's for a tax purpose, which there's very seldom where that should be the case. 
And people go, what do you mean, Zach? And I go, well, because even if you're using it for tax advantages, it, it can still be detrimental to the client because gains inside of an annuity are taxed at personal income rates, not cap gain rates. So a lot of times these tax savings they're using by doing it, you're not. You're just deferring the tax cost out. And it's a bigger tax cost. Which is why we actually go against the grain there and use the annuity inside of a uh, retirement portfolio. Why? Because the annuity is taxed exactly the same way. Right? And what's the one downside of the annuity? It's less liquid than not much. That's kind of a misconception too about the lack of liquidity. We've got products in there where you can pull out 20% of your principal a year with no, well, every other year and 10% every year. But anyway, they've got a lot of these products now that have a lot of liquidity. Every year you can pull out with no charge. Meanwhile, your money's sitting there, principal protected, making five to six. We're not going to wake up one morning and you're going to call me in hysterics because we're up 30% in three months. That's not going to happen. But if we take 30, 40% of your money, 25% of your money, and we take away all the risk of loss, we take away the expense of owning it, and we start making 5 to 6% as opposed to 1.5 to 2, guys, very seldom in investing do we get the opportunity to lower our cost, drastically reduce our risk, and make more money. Okay, typically risk and return are interlinked. In order to make more, we have to take more risk. But every once in a while, you get an opportunity to buy a U.S. government treasury yielding 14%. That's what the annuity is today. And I'll tell you what, mark my words, what got me so excited about this, we've talked about Dr. Roger Ibbotson, finance professor at Yale, runs a billion-dollar hedge fund in his own right and worked with Milton Friedman at the University of Chicago. We had him on the show. He agreed with everything we said about indexed annuities as opposed or, or as it relates to competing against bonds. Here's another one, Robert Schiller, another Nobel laureate. I, I believe he won it for the CAPE, the uh, cyclically adjusted PE ratio. Okay, widely considered, look him up, Robert Schiller, ro- widely considered one of the greatest uh, economic minds of our time. He put out a research paper recently too. You know what he was saying? How these fixed indexed annuities, the type that we use, are most likely to drastically outperform bonds over the next 20 years. And one of the things about operating outside of the the normal thought bubbles, you guys, is that I know it's going to come with a lot of resistance. I know that getting on a radio show and talking about the advantage of a fixed indexed annuity against a bond fund, it isn't exactly going to get people's dander up. Or they're going to hear you say the word annuity and immediately write you off as you're an unsophisticated investor. And I'm looking at these people with that attitude and going, you're telling me I'm unsophisticated because I can remove by giving you this instead of that. We can remove 100% the risk of loss. We can, we can remove 100% of the cost of ownership and almost triple your expected annual return. And you think that's less sophisticated? Just try me. Just try me. Call up your guy and ask him, why do we own bonds? And I will tell you what he's going to say. Because it sterilizes your equity risk. They go up when stocks go down. Right? They produce a level of income that helps you. you and you and look, you look on the face of it and you go, this is not true. They just went down last March, 2008, 2009. Last time I needed my defensive strategy to play out, they were down, they were down 25% plus. And it's only gotten worse since then. Now, is that all we do? No, no. The annuities make up about 25% of the money that we manage. Not all of our clients have them. Depends on if they need them or not, right? That's part of the assessment. Not everybody has the real estate fund. But here's the point, right? We tailor make a portfolio to fit you. And the thought that we always have in mind is risk management, meaning let's place every dollar of this portfolio. Let's lay it out and position it in such a way that each dollar is maximizing the production while minimizing the risk. And that's why our clients last year were down 5.5% when the market was down 36 and finished last year with a total portfolio gain up north of 13 or 14 or whatever it was. Stock portfolios were up 20. It wasn't because we're so brilliant and pick out the only stocks that went up or didn't go down. It was because we manage risk. It's because we didn't take it in the face or on the chin when everybody else was. 
And it's so frustrating in times like this where people are throwing money at all this ridiculous stuff. Because nobody cares about risk management or portfolio management until they have to. Until they, because, you know, it's, it's like gravity, right? You may not believe in gravity, but I can assure you it believes in you. And the other thing that kills me, you guys, is while you're waiting for markets to make more sense, while you're waiting for valuations to come back in line, while you're waiting for things to not be completely government spending driven, Fed driven, while you're waiting for all that, we can still make more money in the process. We're not telling you to hide under a rock. And people, oh, you hate bonds. You say bond. No. As a matter of fact, we're going to be huge investors in them one day. And I can tell you when will be that day will be when all of those guys that currently have you in bonds are calling you up and telling you it's time to switch into an annuity. That's when you'll hear me on the radio saying exactly the opposite. It's like Jim Cramer last year, last year, late. It was like around October, whatever. I heard Jim Cramer giving a big speech. You can't buy oil stocks. This stuff is uninvestable. Then I listened to him four months ago and he's advocating his favorite oil plays after they were up two and three times when he said they were uninvestable. Right. We'll get back into bonds. We're just going to do it when they make sense. By make sense, I mean, have the ability to pay us more than the inflation rate. People are like, well, I don't buy into that stuff. And I'm like, look, man, if you want to pay somebody 150 basis points to make 150 basis points in an investment that goes down every time the stock market does and inflation's running at 5.9. If you guys want a bond portfolio, I'll, I'll, I'll give you one. I'm going to have you sign a disclaimer about it, but I'll give it to you. Why? Because it's profitable. Everybody's like, well, you sell annuities because you make money. Yeah, most of the things I do every day make me money. It's kind of a promise I make to my wife and kids when I leave the front door, right? You get into the cost of ownership of these bonds funds, it's almost two and a half times the cost of owning an annuity. Well, it's, it's more than that because there is no fee. But what I'm saying is no. Oh, look at the fees. These guys are getting from annuities. I will make two and a half times less over the next 10 years by using annuities as opposed to bonds. Why do we do it? Cause it's better for the client period. And there are some of us out there that really use that as the marker for how we build a portfolio. Can I guarantee you it's going to work this way? No. Can't guarantee a lot in this business. Other than we're going to manage the risk of your portfolio and make sure that your portfolio is viable regardless of economic outcome. And typically when things get really dicey, like they did last year, is usually when some of our best returns are going to come, which is the case. Certainly been the case the last year and a half. But there's a better way, guys. And I've been saying that to people on the air. There's a better way. Right? And we do it with everything. It's not just the annuity. It's the, you know, that's the funny thing. They sit there and say... Oh, yeah, the annuity guys, they're less sophisticated. We actively manage our own portfolios with individual securities. I don't know a lot of fiduciaries out there doing that. Yet, we're the unsophisticated ones? No. I think the fact that we actually manage our portfolios is, is, is why we believe that the annuity is so much better, meaning you look at it through a different lens. As a portfolio manager, you're going, wait a second, there's a way for me to make double the amount of money with taking less risk? I'll do that. So anyway, I got to cut it off right there. Uh, Got to take a quick break. Went over again. Going to be right back for a closing segment you're not going to want to miss. Going to talk about some of those nasty investments we've been seeing and what you can do about it. You won't want to miss it. Anyway, as always, guys, give us a call. Speak to me or one of our advisors, 866-779-RISK. Again, 866-779-RISK. Go to the radio show website, knowyourriskradio.com, bulwarkcapitalmanagement.com. You guys know the drill. Give us a call. Sign up for the free uh, virtual road show that's coming up December 2nd at 3 p.m., Again, cost you nothing. We only have 100 spots. We usually get about 120, 130 applicants. Um, so I'm not trying to build a false sense of urgency, but if you want to make sure you get in there and see it. And again, no obligation, no cost. You sign up, watch the virtual roadshow for 30 minutes and you sign off. If you like what we have to say, then you can book an appointment. If not, no worries. Hope, hope you got some good info. Anyway, we got to take quick breaks. Stick with us. We'll be right back. You're listening to Know Your Risk Radio podcast. Download and subscribe at knowyourriskradio.com. Do better in bull markets. Do better in bear markets. 
pay less fees in all markets. You're listening to Know Your Risk Radio with Zach Abraham, Chief Investment Officer at Bulwark Capital Management. You can subscribe to Zach's free newsletter, The Bulwark Insider Report, at knowyourriskradio.com. Hey, it's Story Monson with Zach Abraham, Chief Investment Officer at Bulwark Capital. And Zach, recently one of the largest investment banks in the country, finally published research showing why a 60-40 stock bond portfolio is outdated. This is something you've been talking about on Know Your Risk Radio for years. Now they're jumping on the bandwagon. Dory, it certainly feels that way. This research shows exactly what we've been telling people for years now. Using bonds as the safe portion of your portfolio is a serious gamble, and now is not the time to be gambling your retirement. With Bulwark's bond replacement strategy, we'll show you how to protect your portfolio against loss, but still grow your assets. We teach you exactly how to do it in our free booklet, Common Sense Investing. Call Zach right now to get your free copy of Common Sense Investing. Call 866-779-RISK or go to knowyourriskradio.com. Investment advice cannot be given without a client service agreement where the firm is licensed to conduct business. Bulwark Capital is a DBA of Clear Creek Financial Management, a registered investment advisor. How do you know your finances and investments right now in today's economy are positioned for a successful retirement? Join Zach Abraham for the Know Your Risk Virtual Roadshow, Thursday, December 2nd at 4 p.m. Zach, tell us what to expect. We've taken Bulwark's entire investment and retirement planning process and condensed it down into a half-hour class where we'll answer all the big questions. Do you need estate planning, long-term care? When should you take Social Security? How much money do you need to retire? And we're also going to show everyone who attends how to protect their portfolio against loss while still growing their assets. Join Zach Abraham for the Know Your Risk Virtual Roadshow, Thursday, December 2nd at 4 p.m. Sign up now at knowyourriskradio.com. You'll get a free copy of Zach's booklet, Common Sense Investing. Space is limited for this free live webinar, so reserve your spot now at knowyourriskradio.com. Investment advice can't be given without a client service agreement where the firm is licensed to do business. Bulwark Capital is a DBA of Clear Creek Financial Management, a registered investment advisor. Hey, it's Story Monson with Zach Abraham, Chief Investment Officer at Bulwark Capital and host of Know Your Risk Radio. And Zach, I know you and Bulwark are laser-focused on risk management. What is the biggest risk right now? Ironically, bonds. Really? Why? Because of all this money printing and the fact that we're still at zero interest rates, it's likely to create some serious inflation. And inflation crushes bonds. If your portfolio has a significant portion in bonds, you may need a bond replacement strategy now. Get our free booklet, Common Sense Investing, to learn about Bulwark's bond replacement strategy that shows you how to protect your retirement against loss, but still seek market gains. Our goal is the highest returns with the least amount of risk and cost. Call now for your free copy of Zach's new version of Common Sense Investing. Learn about Bulwark's bond replacement strategy, 866-779-RISK, or go to knowyourriskradio.com. Investment advice cannot be given without a client service agreement where the firm is licensed to conduct business. Bulwark Capital's DBA of Clerk Creek Financial Management, registered investment advisor. You're listening to Know Your Risk Radio with Zach Abraham, Chief Investment Officer at Bulwark Capital Management. And we are back. Thank you so much for sticking with us. Here in the break, just watching that XOP ETF, I want to revisit it again. You're down at like 98.64 here. Um, again, I want to see it close a couple days and be convinced. Um, the amazing thing about it is, and this is why you guys, you know, again, I'll be open about our process and just let you know. This is why you can't get sh- too shook out of short-term movements. Um, XOP is getting slaughtered today while nat gas is up 3.5% and oil's down 3 Okay, this is how bad the sentiment is. And I know in this market, be, well, it's not working now. It's not. Okay. Okay. So why don't you just go out there and chase the stuff that's been working? Now, that, like I said, are we going to blindly ride it? No, we're not. We got to be careful. We got to manage risk. But if you want better results over time, this is what it takes. I'm always reminded of Warren Buffett in 2008. I remember he came out with a, a news article in December, and I even thought he was full of it. Uh, he's like, you know, I don't know what the markets can do over the next three years, but I can tell you what, it's beginning of December here. We're going to start buying. This is 2008, right? After Lehman Brothers collapsed, mortgage markets and free fall, all that, we're going to start buying. And I remember, oh, Warren's lost it. You know, blah, 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 blah. market bottom two and a half months ago. It proved to be one of the best buying opportunities in the last 30 years. If you want better returns, you got to be willing to go places that aren't cool and popular. 
All right, everybody, buy low, sell high. Everybody forgets. Buy something that isn't liked, sell it when it's loved, right? That's what this is. And if you're not interested in these stocks right now, you can say whatever you want. You can talk process. You're not a value guy. Right? And that's why we also have both portfolios, a momentum portfolio and a value portfolio. Remember I told you our value portfolio is bled. Actually, after today, I think we're down another percent. Value portfolios pulled back about three, three and a half percent or something like that over the last two weeks. Momentum portfolio hasn't. It's rallied. All right. We're also not putting all of our eggs. When client came up and he goes, well, Zach, I really like what you have to say. I want to be all in the value portfolio. And I go, yeah, it's not a good idea. And he goes, why? I think you're really good at what you do. And I go, well, when I'm good at what I do, I'm really good at what I do. <laughs> right? I mean, everybody in this business is going to have downtimes. One of the things we talk about clients is your retirement portfolio has to be Zach proof as well, which is why we use the different parts. There's going to be periods of times where the value value portfolio struggles. I, I remember it of a time where 2013 value portfolio, I think was up like 9% on the year market was up like 30. We're not perfect. Now we've never had a down year. We've had years of big underperformance. We're very good at protecting capital, but that's why you have to have different approaches. You have to have different things in your portfolio. You have different because with retirement, we only get one crack at this. My, my, my attitude can't, I can't look at you and be like, well, you know, we've lost you 50% of your money, but this is the worst market for these types of stocks. Okay. Well, you should have baked that into the cake. Cause I gotta, I gotta pay. I gotta go see my grandkids' graduation. I gotta take the missus to Mexico. I, I right. Our, our retirement doesn't have the ability to start and stop. And so many of your portfolios, interest rates go up. It's game over. Your bonds are gonna get smoked. Your equities are gonna get smoked. To avoid that, to have you to, to have some value exposure, some momentum exposure, a bond alternative, lower fees, way less risk. Higher returns, call us, 866-779-RISK. There's a better way, guys. There really is. Give us 30 minutes to explain it in the virtual roadshow or give us a call at 866-779-RISK. Again, 866-779-RISK. Go to the radio show website, knowyourriskradio.com, bulwarkcapitalmanagement.com. You guys know the drill. There's a better way. Give us a call. Let us prove it to you. Until then, we'll see you next week. You're listening to Know Your Risk Radio podcast. Download and subscribe at knowyourriskradio.com. Thanks for listening to Know Your Risk Radio with Zach Abraham, Chief Investment Officer at Bulwark Capital. Whether it's preservation of capital or an aggressive growth strategy, every investor needs a clearly defined risk profile. Schedule your free risk review with Zach Abraham now at knowyourriskradio.com. Zach will be back with more Know Your Risk Radio next Saturday at noon on 97.3 Cairo FM and AM 770 KTTH. Opinions expressed in this program are for general information purposes only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual or any specific security. It is only intended to provide education about the financial industry. To determine which investments may be appropriate for you, consult your financial advisor prior to investing. Any past performance discussed during this program is no guarantee of future results. Any indices referenced for comparison are unmanaged and cannot be invested into directly. As always, please remember investing involves risk and possible loss of principal capital. Please seek advice from a licensed professional. Bulwark Capital Management is an investment advisor representative of Clear Creek Financial Management, a registered investment advisor.